Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Solid Cast. This week's episode um, and topic is all about wilderness survival, and we'll be sitting down with a local Israeli um, Hot Solid member, um, Yoav Druyan, um, who is an expert at wilderness survival and heads up the wilderness survival team for Hot Solid Beit Shemesh, um, and is also a paramedic and a registered phlebotomist. I, it's a fun word to say. I love saying phlebotomist. So without further ado, I got Yoav Druyan here. He also happens to to be my neighbor, so I get to kibitz with him all the time. So, with that, welcome to the show, Yoav. How are you? How are you doing this wonderful winter day we're having here in Israel? The sun is shining, the grass is green. What's good, buddy? Okay, well, first of all, yeah, it looks great, and I'm really happy to have some awesome weather, and I'm really happy to be sitting here with you, virtually, of course, um, you know, on this at Telecast. I, I've I've got to say, uh, heading up heading up the wilderness survival team. That's a great title. That's awesome. I'm sure somebody deserves it. Uh, it's not it's not me. Um, okay. You know, uh, to to just 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 to put it put it out there and to put it straight. Uh, listen, there are there are wilderness survival. Um, you know, uh, units uh, that have uh, special rescue equipment and so on and so forth. Um, the, you know, uh, many of the emergency services have them, and also we coordinate with them. Uh, we at Hatzalah Beit Shemesh, we do not have an official wilderness survival uh, unit uh, uh, or a wilderness survival, you know, uh, thing. And also, in terms of being a wilderness guide, uh, it's true I am I am a wilderness guide, but uh, that term also gets bandied about for for all sorts of things. <laughs> so, um, you know. It's uh, it, it sounds great. Listen, it sounds great. Gets the clicks, like you know, makes everybody's like, oh wow, wilderness survival. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> bear grills. Let's let's you know, make sure that we have our our you know our ten inch knife and and you know uh, fire starter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this I'm saying like <laughs> it's okay. Um, I can I, I I will tell you in terms of wilderness survival. Um, I can single handedly wrestle every bear that you'll find out here in the hills in Israel. That's not money. None. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's why I can do it. Yeah. I, in bear country, it's a whole nother story. Well, listen, if you hang around enough Hasidim, you might find a bear or two. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> and so, yeah. What, 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 what can so, we talk about today? So, so that's my question. What's your deal, man? You, you seem like you're, you know, it's, you know, we tried to, we tried to do this episode the other day, but then you got pulled away on a call, which, you know, it's great. The last episode we did, we actually had a live call come in, um, in Baltimore. Um, he didn't take the call because he was sitting here with me and it would, it would have been fun to see him run out, but what's your deal? How long have you been an EMT? You also mentioned to me you're a paramedic, um, and the fun word I like to say, phlebotomist. So what's your deal? How'd you get into all this? Okay. So first of all, again, another correction. I'm not a paramedic. I'm just an EMT or a senior EMT. Okay. Um, Close enough. You know, the the closest, uh, for those following, uh, for those of you following at home, the, the, the closest comparison would be an EMT intermediate in terms of the of the uh, National Registry of EMT and their, and their uh, grading system. Uh, but it's basically, 
Yeah, that's me. Um, yes, I'm a registered phlebotomist, which just means a blood tech. I love that word. Uh, I do I, I just uh, love venipuncture. Yes, it is a great word. It is a great <laughs> word. Yeah. Um, uh, I've I've been doing this since 2001, so about 20 years. Wow. And you started this in the states, or you started working as an EMT in or in Israel? Like, where did you start your Where did you start your journey? So I started my journey. Um, I was always interested in emergency medicine. I always wanted to take an EMT class. Um, you know, and, and, and volunteers in EMT, you know, ride the ambulances and help patients. And, uh, the first time I got a chance to do it was after I moved here to Israel. So I moved here to Israel and, um, that was the first, first chance I got. And I, I took a course. I started volunteering with Magin Davida Dome. I was with Magin Davida Dome, uh, from 2001 till about 2009, um, and and then uh, I sort of transitioned into volunteering with the local atzalas. The truth is that I always uh, the the goal of volunteering also, uh, you know, I mean, not much for wilderness, but uh, for me, one of my biggest motivations was um, where I I you know I, I think I was out I think I was out you know just just playing ball, and I thought to myself, wait, well, if somebody falls and gets hurt, do I know what to do? And uh, I was like, oh, wait, I should probably take an EMT class so I know what to do. <laughs> and, um, you know, my goal was always to be available to help the local, you know, the local population, uh, to be available to help the neighborhood. That was always my goal. Uh, like I said, in the early days, I was able to volunteer with Magain Davida Dome because uh, they had a system whereby they were geared to leaving an ambulance uh, locally in our neighborhood. And so we had a local crew that was here for the neighborhood. And then, uh, you know, it became uh, became an untenable partnership uh, uh, some, some sometime in the mid, uh, you know, 2000s. Uh, and so by 2009, I transitioned out of Magain Davida Dome and into... Uh, what became Atzala Beit Shemesh. That's really cool. Now, you said something very interesting, how you, you want, you, like, it started because you wanted to be able to help people in the neighborhood. Like, every time, like, someone, you would see somebody, like, fall or they, they're playing ball or something like that. I had the same thing. Like, I walked down the street, you know. I'm not actually a Hatzalah member, even though I, I'm involved quite a bit with, with various organizations, but I am not actually a Hatzalah member. And I, I've often seen said this to myself. Like I'm walking down the street, I see someone who looks like they're hurt, or I look, or, or someone needs like assistance, and I just feel so bad that I can't help them. Because legally, if I try to help them, I could get sued. Um, but it, it's you know, or worse. But it, it's it's just one of these things. And I'm, I'm I'm toying with the idea on a, on a daily basis whether or not to try to take an EMT course. Honestly, I just don't have the time, but it seems like you really took that to the next level and you said, I'm going to do this, and you did it, and look where you are now. 20 years later, you're, you're dealing with that. Um, I, think it's a really, I think it's really cool. Call it a vote to you, you know? Um, Thank you. And you said that you started with Magandivina Dome. Um, that, was, that must have been ages ago when there wasn't really anything going on in Bechemish. Uh, yeah, that's correct. I'm saying when I, when I took the course, this isn't, uh, you know, we're not having an episode about, uh, Magain Davida Dome and Atella politics, although I'm sure people would love to talk politics and nah. hear all the, all the dirt and the scoops and the ins and outs. But, uh, a, yeah, when, when I, when I first started volunteering, uh, so, um, you know, I didn't even move to Beit Shemesh till 2003. So, uh, I, I lived near Yerushalayim. I lived in Vaseret. I volunteered at the Yerushalayim station of Magan Davida Dome. 
Um, and then uh, I was also available for, for calls as a responder in the local area of Mvaseret. And then, uh, and then when I moved to Beit Shemesh, um, I was very actively involved in the in the local crew. And, um, you know, a lot of the local guys, uh, you know, that have been doing this since then, and uh, different different volunteer organizations crop up. There's different, uh, you know, we can call them different different units or different uh, groups. But uh, everybody everybody's focused on helping people, and uh, it's real nice to see how everybody, you know, in a hospital in an emergency, uh, especially things that happen out in the wilderness or out in the street. Uh, right. So lots of different organizations get called. And you see all the old faces and everybody, you know, everybody talks and everybody, everybody works together. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's been a lot of good cooperation. Well, yeah. I could transition now to talk about the last wilderness survival we had or the last, uh, yeah, we'll here in Israel, that. we like to call, we like to call things that are, that are, again, to drop the word wilderness, we're just going to transition and call it Shetach. Shetach, yeah. which literally means like off-road. Um, so the last rescue we had, Beshetach, was a mountain biker, and uh, this fellow had been out there. The local mountain biking community is uh, is very active. That's uh, because Beit Shemesh or Mapet Shemesh is like a mountain biker's paradise. There's uh, yeah. there's great trails pretty much the entire clock face around Beit Shemesh, like in every direction. There's great hills, national parks, forests, and so the mountain biking community is pretty active, and... The call actually came out because this guy, uh, this mountain biker, had been out there alone, um, and uh, using an app, he had he had told his fellow bikers, "He's like, listen, I'm going out on this trail, so on and so forth." And then he sent out another message that says, "Listen, I fell down, you know, I'm pretty beaten up, and I need help." And that app also has a GPS locator, and it was, uh, and so uh, we actually have members of Atzal Beit Shemesh that are part of the mountain biking community. Um, I am not. <laughs> and so they coordinated with dispatch. Uh, no, I say I'm not because I'm not anymore. I was a mountain biking instructor with the local organization for That's a couple cool. of years. But, uh, yeah, uh, basically anything to get out into the hills. I, I love getting out into the hills. I love getting out by Shetach. And most things that I do are geared towards getting out to the Shetach. Um, but that aside so we were able to coordinate uh we were able to 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 find the gps location and um one thing which was very very helpful and this was essentially what also happens uh on on many of our uh rescues is that it is familiarity both with the surrounding area um and a familiarity with the the main players so to speak the mountain biking community has, you know, has uh, about uh, one or two dozen fellas that are, you know, that are really, really into it. And so because I was a mountain bike instructor, I know a lot of these guys. Um, and also, you know, a, one of the biggest problems in Shatach Rescue is the location, is finding the patient. Right. right. In emergency medicine, you've got, I mean, if you're, if you're in emergency rooms, the patient comes to you. If you're, you know, if you're an EMT, so then you go to the patient. But that's it. Like, you have an address and you go there. Um, you know, a local Hatsala, we pretty much know the address of every building in the neighborhood. Uh, in an expanding neighborhood, it's always a challenge. But that's it. Like, you know, we, we know where to go. We go there and then, and then we can start with the call. Location is, is a much bigger part of, uh, uh, Shetach Rescue. And, uh, with that, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's where I get tapped in. 
because um, I'm, I'm a very, very big believer. I love the Shetach, and I'm out there all the time, several times a week. Um, and so I know many of the trails uh, myself. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's no there's no replacement. There's no there's no uh, shortcut to just pounding the trails. Um, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a trail runner, as a hiker, I've, I've gone up and down, you know, just about every single trail there is, uh, you know, anywhere near here many times. So uh, also in, 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 in discussing with the various trail communities, like the mountain biking community, like the hiking community, um, they, they refer to these trails by different names, you know, there's, um, you know, the, the mountain bikers will call that area boulders, where the, uh, the nature community will call it, you know, uh, Nachal Ha'ila, and, uh, others are gonna call it, you know, oh yeah, Yeridami Hari Aran. Um, I actually use three terms to describe the exact same area, uh, and that's where we've had the mountain biker. Wow. So knowing, you know what I mean? So knowing all those terms and knowing, uh, uh, you know, how people refer to it is much better than just a GPS location. Right. Um, and, and in fact, that's what happened. Uh, you know, we had, we had a few, a few Shatach rescues over the years that I was very privileged to be able to take part in, um, that knowing the area was, uh, absolutely hands down, uh, probably the most important, uh, um, part of the rescue. Wow. That that's really cool because because you knew the area because you knew how to how to call it what it was you were able to find the guy and that that's really amazing. So how do you guys get like the the equipment up there? Meaning like how do you get an ambulance up there? How do you get like any like to be able to go out there and, and grab the guy and bring him down? Meaning if he's on top in the mountains, like what do you do? So um, you know, there's various different grades. On the one hand, uh, you know, many of the of the trails around here are. Um, they are dirt roads. They are vehicle accessible, and the ambulances do have a higher clearance than a regular regular car. So often we will be able to bring the ambulance all the way to the patient, even if it's off road. Um, then one step up, we have four by four vehicles. Um, the Hatzala Bichamish does not have an emergency four by four vehicle, uh, but my personal car is a four by four, and uh, so I can access roads that are a little bit. You know, gnarlier, a little bit uh, more more bumpy, um, and I can take it as a four by four vehicle where where uh, where an ambulance couldn't necessarily go. Um, and there are also listen, there are other organizations that have uh, full on uh, um, all terrain vehicles that you know that that, that may be even more uh, robust in, in in terms of their access. Uh, but uh, there's sometimes what we like to call kavachadesre, which is just your own two feet. Uh, we get, <laughs> listen, man, we had a rescue in the hills where there was, there was nothing doing. We got, we got four responders up there and, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't go through the trails because we were using GPS location. Uh, we basically made a beeline, uh, carved, carved the trail out of nothing up, up a, uh, up a steep, muddy incline. And we, we put the patient on a stretcher, splinted him in and just hiked him out, you know, like the army does. Uh, let me tell you, most of us are not in army shape anymore, and it was it was quite quite a significant thing. But <laughs> sometimes the only way to get there is on your two feet, and the only way to get out is on your two feet. And uh, if the patient doesn't have two good feet, then bring a stretcher. Wow, that that's really that's really incredible. 
And how often do you guys have these calls like this? How often do you guys get these type of calls? So thank God, um, calls that are that are uh, you know stretcher carry calls. Uh, I really can only remember one or two in the last uh, several years. So they're mm-hmm. pretty rare, which is a good thing because um, if there had been, I mean, if the, if it had been a serious call, I guess we could have we could have tried to call for a for a helicopter rescue, um, you know, uh, an evac. That's uh, obviously the helicopters. If the weather's good, they they can get anywhere. They don't need a particular terrain. Um, but that's you know, uh, those those are real real serious calls. And that thank God, uh, you know, the patients often the patients are only lightly injured, meaning that they have not lost consciousness um, or they have regained consciousness and they are able to communicate. And then uh, you know, and then we can get them to medical facility. But it's not. It's more like an every minute counts instead of an every second. So we right. have we have a little bit of leeway. Um, most most of the calls are at least uh, accessible by a four by four. That's that's what we found. Uh, and if not, then you know they're they're only they're only a few minutes off a four by four track because mm-hmm. they do pretty much crisscross the area. Gotcha. That's so interesting. Have you ever had to call the the, the helicopters done an evac or anything like that? I never have. No. No. Have you ever been on in, in in a helicopter like that, or not not yet? Yeah, I have to. I have to admit, I have not, but I'd like to. It sounds so cool. It really does. It, it sounds. Yeah. Like, it sounds really absolutely, cool. and, definitely. You know, you don't want to go out there and go up in the helicopter and take the pictures and everything like that. You want to save the life, but like, it sounds really cool. Um, no, you always the, the selfies and the everything that happens on the way back. Like you know, <laughs> you've got the patient. You know, you've delivered the patient in the emergency room. Now you're like you know heading back to restock. Now like the pressure's off and whatever. And now you can go like, hey, look at me, woo! Unless, unless cool. you get a call midway midway back on the highway and you have to turn around and do it all again. Most helicopters don't go on highways. Yeah. Unless they can land there, nonetheless, that's pretty cool. Um, so, so wow, it seems like you've been doing this a while. You've been really, you, you guys know the terrain. How many other um, wilderness guides are part of the unit? Like, how many people like you are there? So, there's, uh, thank God. Uh, let's see. Atala Bay Chamash, being a grassroots, uh, you know, community volunteer organization, uh, runs runs the gamut. Uh, you know, some fellas like me are also, uh, professionally involved in the outdoors. Um, and so, uh, you know, have, have very extensive knowledge. Uh, there are one or two fellas that were tour guides. Uh, and so they, they have a different appreciation and knowledge of the area. Um, and, you know, uh, other fellas, you know, there's some guys who are part of the mountain biking community. I'd say all in all, uh, there's, there's, you know, Anywhere between anywhere between five and ten other Hatzalah members that have uh, that have a, a good grasp of of the knowledge of the area. Nice. So you've been doing this for quite a while. What's what's the cra- you have any crazy stories you want to share with our listeners? Whether it's been in the wilderness or on a regular call. Uh, sure. So I don't know about about uh, cra- crazy stories, wilderness. I mean, listen. So we titled the episode "Wilderness Survival." Uh, probably the number one tip for survival is uh, don't get lost and don't get hurt. Uh, people end up, yeah, I'm saying, but I mean, people end up calling us and calling out for help um, when uh, when they've done one or two things wrong already. Oh, <laughs> right. Meaning, like, um, 
Now, it's true. Sometimes it's just plain an accident. Accidents happen. Um, often people get out there, you know, mountain biking. Uh, listen, a fellow who went mountain biking on his own. So, yeah, they do recommend never go mountain biking on your own. But uh, thank God he was able to, you know, he did re- retain consciousness. And so he was able to call for help. We were able to get to him. Um, you know, we had, uh, I remember a case where the, it, we got the call, um, that for two hours, this, uh, this man's brothers had been looking for him. He had gone out, uh, bike riding and, and no one's heard from him for two hours. He, he made one phone call home, you know, and said that he had, he had fallen in his head and he's disoriented and he didn't know, you know, where he was. Um, thank God. In that scenario, I was able to uh, uh, get him on the phone and I was able to ask him a few questions about when he crossed which road or which path and what he could see from where he was. And that gave me a good idea. Um, you know, I was able to find him within within minutes of, uh, of, of going off road because I had a good idea which general area to look in. Um, so that was that was that was very good. Um, you know, in general, in general, uh, knowing where you're going—that's that's very important when you go into the wilderness, when For you go sure. off road. Know where you're going, and uh, also uh, you should have enough equipment with you that if you're out there longer than you think, you'll still be all right. Um, you know, in the states, uh, depending on which part of the states, places you go where it gets cold. Uh, so make sure you have an extra layer. Uh, always make sure you have some sort of flashlight. If it's a headlamp, if it's a nightlight, uh, you know, the, the, your cell phone flashlight is not always good enough because you're gonna need the battery for actually calling. The flashlight mm-hmm. will, will wind down the battery sometimes, uh, and it's not always so convenient. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things, things like that. Here in Israel, it's exactly the opposite. Don't worry about layers. Don't worry about, about, uh, uh, staying warm. Worry about avoiding uh, heat stroke. Uh, yeah. You know, today's warm day is is reminding us. Bring along extra water. Bring along sun protection. Uh, you know, good good rule of thumb out in the wilderness is never mess with anyone bigger than you. Yeah, and that includes the sun. The sun's bigger than you. Don't mess. Uh, you know, cover up. Uh, long sleeves are great. Uh, you know, hat is great. Uh, big visor, little visor, you know, it's not a question of, of, you know, getting a good tan, but even, even, you know, anything, even if you only have a t-shirt, you know, you can tie it on your head like a weird bandana, but it'll, it'll keep the sun off your head, um, and rest, rest frequently. Um, but those are, those are good hiking safety tips. This isn't a hiking safety tip, uh, video. Um, no, that's yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, think these type of things are very, very good to know, especially when people, because you said, like, when people call, they've already done a few things wrong. If they ha- sometimes, so, sometimes, yeah. so it's good to know and good to good if anybody's out there who's listening to the show, who who goes out to the wilderness, who goes hiking or goes biking or any of these things like that. One, to, you know, these are very good tips to know, so that way you don't get into a matzav where you would you would already be a little, oh, like far gone. And so, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to know. And so what other things in your, in your experiences in EMT, like what, what other things have you, have you encountered, um, in not just out and outside in the Shetach, but like in general, like what other interesting stories have you encountered as an EMT? 
Uh, okay, well, I mean, listen, uh, everybody loves a good story. So uh, let me tell you two stories uh, that happened. Uh, actually, neither of these stories happened with Atzala Beit Shemesh. Um, okay. I'm also I'm also a, a, a mountain guide, a rappelling instructor. So do you uh, surf? Both, I feel like you surf also. You seem I like do a, not. I oh. do not. I actually, that's the thing. In terms of outdoors, uh, I'm good with mountains, up or down, anything with ropes, um, nothing with water. Ah. I don't mind the water, but right. I, I don't have any professional experience in water sports. Not surfing, not boating, not scuba diving. Went scuba diving once it was very cool. But yeah. I've never done a scuba rescue. Um, but uh, this happened. One thing happened rappelling. Um, so uh, I, was at, I was at a cliff with a family and we're rappelling. And so I have somebody on the rope. You know, it's a 100-meter uh, – sorry, a 100-foot cliff. And yeah. he's halfway, halfway down the cliff. And all of a sudden, um, the parents who are sitting, you know, uh, behind me – uh, the the um, the the mother says, "Can I get some help?" And I, you know, I'm able. When we repel here in Israel, in general, the instructor, it's a double system. It's not a single single rope system. It's a double rope system where one rope is controlled by the repeller, by, by whoever is climbing, and the other rope is controlled by the guide. So, as the guide, I've got the one rope, so I can lock off the rope. I lock off the rope. I turn around, and um, I see the guy who's not on the rope. He's sitting there, and then all of a sudden his eyes roll back, and he goes in a dead faint no. and starts seizing. And I'm like, oh, boy. Okay. So uh, I call down to the climber. I was like, listen, I have to lock you off for a minute here. i got to help somebody. I quickly lock him off, disengage from the rope, and then I can go treat the patient. While well, I got the other guy. He's hanging halfway down the cliff. <laughs> and uh, it takes me a few minutes to, to thank God, uh, stabilize the patient. He was, uh, you know... Uh, must have been just the excitement, the everything. They had just flown in, so a lot of things could happen. And after a few minutes, he had come back to himself. Uh, he was stable enough for me to go back to the ropes. I was able to get back to the ropes, lower the patient, uh, lower the uh, climber down to yeah, finish don't lower his, the patient uh, down the don't, don't, don't lower the patient down the mountain. Well, that's 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 actually the thing. The second story oh. is about somebody who fainted mid rappel. Oh my! So. Yeah, that uh, this actually was a physician. This was a doctor who was out for, uh, I think, uh, I think they're both doctors, uh, and they they took their family out for a day of rappelling and climbing. And so mid rappel, all of a sudden, she tells me, uh, "Listen, I think I need a glass of water." I think I, you know, and I'm like, "Okay." And you know, all of a sudden, I see her going a dead faint. Uh, and so quickly I lock off the rope. That, that is, again, this is one of the reasons we use a double rope system so that, you know, if need be, the guide can control it all from there. Uh, thank God I was able to lock off the rope and uh, we had multiple rappel stations set up. And so I was able to just jump on a second station and rappel down to the patient, uh, gave her a sip of water. Verified she was doing okay. She had come back to herself, and then I was able, in a tandem rappel, as a as a in a uh, in a rescue rig, just rappel down to the bottom. And uh, in general, in rappelling, we always prefer to go down to the bottom because um, it's much easier than trying to pull people up. Wow! So you're hopping mountains, saving lives. That's that's really cool, <laughs> man. <laughs> that is really really cool. So, like, one question I always like to end off the show with, um, we speak with a number of different volunteers in different places all over the world, <clears throat> and one, one thing I always like to end off the show with is, what advice would you give somebody who's looking to join a Hatsala organization, a Hatsala unit? 
Oh, well, first of all, listen, Hatzalah units, uh, usually we're always looking for volunteers, and the reason because it's not easy work. It's tough. I mean, as you can see, we're sitting here and, and we're recording this episode. This is take two or really take three, right? Because yesterday uh, we were sitting here to do it and then I had to dash out. And then today, actually, I was late because I was on a different Atala call. Um, oh. You know, yeah, super fun. The, uh, you know, he, he, it is absolutely, listen, it's, it's a privilege and it's an honor um, and it's a commitment. But, um, you know... Sometimes people tell me I felt so bad calling. I, I feel bad calling. Uh, I definitely tell all patients or patients' families, listen, we're Hatzalah, but me as a person, my radio has an off button. And when I'm not available, and every person has to make that decision for themselves, but when I'm not available, I turn my radio off. Now, mm. personally, uh, it's rare. It doesn't happen often, but um, I turn my radio off. When, when, when I know that I can't respond to calls and thank God uh, with a with a high enough uh, volume of, of uh, you know volunteers of responders we cover we cover 24 uh, 7 and so anybody looking to get into Hatzala you also have to have a little bit of the personality for it some people are are you know very very square I guess you know they, they need everything very orderly right. they need to know they're leaving the house at a particular time and coming to back in the house at a particular time such a person might not be the best for this type of emergency response because we don't, we don't have times, we don't have schedules, we don't have we don't have nothing. Um, but uh, mostly, I would say the number one guiding principle is chesed. If you're you know if you're if you're looking for for action and excitement, you might find it and you might not because a lot of times things can get boring too. But if you're looking to help people. Often people call us. For us, it's a nine to five, or for us, it's like just a regular Tuesday. For them, it's like the worst day of their lives. And to be able to offer help, professional help, sound medical help, with a smile, with compassion, uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And um, anyone who's who thinks that they can do that is uh, strongly encouraged to join. We're waiting for you. That's what's up, man. No, I know personally. One, I've actually been, I've, I've actually been helped by Hatzalah Bichemish on once on one occasion, and I also actually the first time I ever met you, I had the pleasure of seeing you do a call. I was actually I was I was at my house and <clears throat> my neighbor. I, I literally walked in the house and I heard this loud pounding on my door, and my neighbor was like gasping for air and she couldn't breathe, and she ended up on the floor. She was on the phone with dispatch. And she was having some sort of like some sort of attack, like breathing attack, something. And I remember like a whole bunch of you guys showed up. You were one of them. You were the one actually calming her down the whole time, talking to her, being very nice and very calm. And I remember asking um, some of the like. I remember asking afterwards. I was like, "Who's that guy who was just like so calm and like he was, crack, he was cracking jokes, um, but he was keeping you were keeping the, the patient calm the entire time." And you guys tra- transported her to the ambulance, and then everything she got she got the help she needed but I remember you specifically because you were just very calm very collective like the entire time well thank you I appreciate that and uh, yeah listen any, anybody who appreciates my humor is, uh, is a good guy in my book very cool. Well, yo, thanks so much for coming on the show today, um, giving us a little bit of insight into the Shetach 
and into the the life of a EMT um, and someone you're pretty well seasoned. You've been doing this for quite a while, so you know keep it up. And if you, if you keep enjoying it and you'd love to help people, it seems like you do. Keep it up, you know. So thanks so much again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, your time was very well. You've just listened mm-hmm. to another great and episode of the Hot Solid If you like what you hear, okay, subscribe you. to our show thanks on all major podcasting platforms. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hot Solid Cast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hot Solid organization. Stay safe and stay tuned.